Podcast take two. <laughs> part two. No, don't even put part one says take two. Continue it. It's not take two as well. Continuation. Instagram showed me a memory yesterday of the one year anniversary of when we recorded. Because we had, I had oh, a yeah? video, yeah, it yeah. was one year ago it's yesterday. A couple days. Really? Yes, yeah. A couple days ago, yeah. it was the 29th of May. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like we had a good conversation and then we didn't really and post it. So then we it. have like unfinished business with our listeners. Yeah. You know it was the imposter syndrome at the time. Overthinking. Things gotta be perfect all the time. <laughs> well, <laughs> you see, now, now you can speak Big freely. Exactly. Listening. That's why I realized, like, I was really, it was that for me, that whole phase of my life was literally like mental slavery i had to like watch my tongue all the time like can't say what i actually want to do because i'm bound to like a contract yeah yeah so yeah, yeah that's definitely true. a different headspace at the time mm -hmm. which in retrospect made me like second guess a lot of what i said in the last podcast mm -hmm. so know that i'm free okay. <laughs> free person so then okay <laughs> as an so independent but I, I know the feeling of like once you once you free yourself once you leave a company and you realize how much oh, yeah, that's you it too. was actually impacting your whole Life. essence yeah. yeah yeah exactly it's true mm -hmm. so then what's your where are you at now so if last time you feel like you were a little more restricted because you you yeah you felt like you were under contractual obligation you know now that you're not how has that impacted your your creativity or your personal life or your life in general it definitely feels liberating, mm -hmm. even though, again, what I said, like it was mental slavery because at the time, like technically I could have done what I wanted to, yeah. but it was also just a new experience for me, like first time ever working a full-time job mm -hmm. yeah. and being overwhelmed by like this day -to these day-to-day -day responsibilities that I don't choose. Like, mm -hmm. These are set by other people. So you're not really in tune to the beat of your own drums. Like, mm -hmm. Your days are already set and then... At best, you maybe have like two hours of your day for yourself. So as Mila just said, like that literally dictates your state of mind mm -hmm. on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. And you can't really feel free to navigate. Or at least that was my experience. Mm -hmm. I kind of like withheld or had a lot of ideas that weren't mine. They were just generated by the environment that I was in. So now I'm very like yeah. back in tune and can basically use my own compass and yeah. decide what I want to do on a daily basis, mm -hmm. who I want to interact with. And yeah, it's, it's a very peaceful, peaceful mm -hmm. phase I'm in now. And it also takes, I find that like, even if you have the two hours to yourself on a day, those two hours you end up needing to, to mm. recharge. You don't Do actually nothing. use, yeah, yeah. Literally. you don't actually use, yeah. I feel like it, having a full-time job, it takes up so much creative energy as well. And like, yeah. that yeah. you don't, I don't know, I have a respect for people who yeah. have, who build full side hustles while doing a full-time job yeah. that actually needs them to be active in yeah. the job. I think if I had more experience before actually taking on that job, that would have mm. been a possibility. Yeah. But no, nah, it was too much. Yeah, you got thrown into the fire. Exactly. Literally just jump into the deep end mm. and trying to stay afloat mm -hmm. while then still trying to tend to my own life is, no, nah, it was just too yeah. much. It was overbearing. You go into a tunnel. Yeah. You, like, you don't Literally. even hear yourself anymore. And you get caught. I mean, for me, yeah. two years felt like a couple of months. Mm -hmm. When I looked back, I was like, yo, I was in this job for two years. Mm -hmm. And there were definitely a lot of positives mm -hmm. that came with that, like, I learned a lot. I met a lot of people who will probably be in my life for mm -hmm. a bunch, like a long time. And I'm very grateful for like these relationships and the lessons that I learned, learning like the structures of, of a business or like time management and setting meetings and like all these 
hard skills that a lot of people need, I think, to get to excel in in a career. Um, but yeah, just at a point, and then it gets like, okay, like what's my overarching goal? Yeah. Like what I'm actually working towards, and you kind of get lost in that, and mm. very quickly, two years can become ten years, and I didn't see that for myself. I just had to kind of, in German, you say a Reißleine ziehen, like just yeah, pull the plug. Literally, just pull out the plug, pull the plug, just reset figure out what it is I actually want to achieve, like what's my purpose in life. And then I can always go and work in like a similar industry or interact with a lot of people who I met back then, but then with a certain goal or a vision mm-hmm. that we can then embark on together. And then again, then you have ownership of your life. And then yeah. you interact with them completely like in a different di- way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whole different energy. So last time we were here, I mean, because then we, I was able to ask you, so... To give context for this podcast, we recorded a podcast previously, um, and this, it was one of the first podcasts we ever did, yeah? Um, and I think in just looking back on it, um, we were a little, I mean, it was the first time we were recording podcasts, I think maybe we had less experience in terms of navigating um, certain situations or, or just recording a podcast. Um, you were working uh with an entity that you felt like that you know that you couldn't express certain things or you didn't want to say certain things or even even you know maybe you could have said them but you just felt like maybe it's best that you don't you know what i mean um and now so because of that we decided not to put it out and then now apparently a year later right (laughs) exactly a year year and a few days a year later a year and 24 podcasts later, mm-hmm. um, we are going to re-record now. So I want to then touch on a few things because we had a good conversation last time about about your story and who you are, right? Um, so I'd ask you then again, so uh, who do you consider yourself to be as an artist if you had to introduce yourself? You know, who are you, Raph? <laughs> Give us the bio statement. Yeah, the question of all questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it very hard to answer it because I'm used to putting a label to who I am, essentially. Um, now I'm just rediscovering myself and basically doing first things that I enjoy doing. So, for example, music is something that I never really considered to be a career choice for me. Um, so rediscovering myself through music right now, learning to mix. Um, at some point, I'd like to produce, just meeting a lot of, or I've met a lot of musicians at my past job, so being able to now interact with them and actually collaborate on tunes or, like, talk about music. So musician, in terms of, like, artistry, will be one creative medium that I'm now exploring. <clears throat> First and foremost, because I'm passionate about it, and long-term, one that I can see myself working in as well. If it pays, cool, but that's not my like, objective with that right now. Um, design, which is something that I've been doing since I was a kid. Um, did it at school when I was in Barbados. Art and design, um, for me, it was more like products or like objects, which then at some point when I moved to Berlin turned into spaces. So I'd consider myself a designer of objects and spaces. And... Also rediscovered my love for drawing, whether it's still life imagery, um, just painting, drawing with chalk on a chalkboard, like any ways of like expressing yourself creatively also through visual art. 
um, and photography. I just bought my first like analog camera. Oh yeah, which like, one did you buy? Um, just literally a simple point and shoot. Oh yeah, the one you on the yeah, road with. Yeah, the flea market. Just yeah, saw yeah. like a bunch of cameras. The guy gave me like a nice little consultation. Like, what's the, I told him like, what's the easiest thing for me to learn on? Because my mind and a lot of things when I try something new, it's like, okay, I need the best and the newest and yeah, the yeah, yeah. most advanced yeah, yeah, technology. Yeah, yeah. Blue. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, nah, give me the cheapest one so that if after a week I realize I'm not going to pursue this anymore, I'm not going to feel like, okay, fuck, I've invested so much like time mm-hmm. and money into this. So simple point and shoot, uh, film camera, literally just walking around exploring Berlin and shooting. So that's another creative medium. So in a sense, like a very, I would consider myself a multidimensional artist still trying to figure out like what it is I enjoy doing. I found a couple and I'm just pursuing those on a daily basis and basically seeing where those would lead in terms of a career, building a career around those. Mm. And how's your photography going? Because you were on the road, I saw you, you started taking pictures of yeah. us from the time you appeared. And I was like, because that, that's exactly what I, I wanted to do as well. I spoke about this on the last podcast because we, um, we had a photographer on, Ian, um, so it it got my mind going about photography and I speak about photography as a as a hobby that I'd like to pursue because I think it's it's not something that's too serious to me, but it's something that I, I get great inspiration from or I feel um very passionate about as a as a medium. Um so when I saw you doing that, I was like, Yeah, 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 I wanna kinda wanna do the same thing. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, I like yeah. I wanted to bring my cause I just got my analog camera like fixed and edited, but it's a proper analog camera with yeah. like different lenses and stuff. Yeah. And um I was gonna like, like next step. Yeah. But it's it is a lot harder because like I shoot digitally and I shoot in manual, but you have the immediate feedback, right? So you can adjust your aperture and your shutter speed based on what you see. Mm. Whereas with the analog camera now, you have to like guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What your aperture and your shutter speed is, and just hope for the best. So yeah. I'm curious. This, I was like, I'm not gonna bring it on the road because it's too hectic, and yeah, then if yeah. it breaks, that's why those point and shoot like street photo, uh, street yeah. photo um, cameras are like perfect, or mm-hmm. at least that's perfect for me yeah, right yeah. now. And to your question, um, how is it going? Like, I've to be fair, I've been photography is just a, a way how like to capture moments. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and because the phones are what we have now as a tool, it's basically they become an extension of our arm. Yeah, yeah. But I looked at my camera roll and saw like thirty thousand mm. pictures and videos and like that I've shot only in the past years. I remember, <laughs> like, in, like since the, I would say since two thousand and nineteen, because I remember one time I, I lost my phone. And I didn't back it up, so I lost everything mm. from the time I got my first iPhone. So, oh my god, literally. So it was like big anxiety, but then also like okay, we take like take and reshoot and reshoot yeah. and then have like whether it's a selfie or whether it's some sunset you literally have like thing. 30 to 50 or like 20 yeah. maybe versions like, of like that one shot yeah, yeah and i don't have time to go back and look through all those and yeah. i don't want to either so that's kind of what inspired me to get a film camera because it, it forces you to like not overthink the moment it's yeah. like i'm taking this picture now to capture a moment in mm-hmm. time because memory is basically what we have to look back at mm-hmm. and remember how we felt in that specific moment so for me photography is is a way to also train my eye because I'm generally a very observative person, but sometimes I'll just like observe a certain, certain moment and just want to like, boom, take a snapshot of that. So film mm-hmm. now for me is just really taking um, in the moment photo, not overthinking how it looks, what filter I can slap on it later or like what well, it's just like, this is a beautiful moment I want to cherish and want to yeah. mm-hmm. basically um, hold on to and just snap the picture yeah, yeah, I'm limited yeah. to like 36 photos in one roll so yeah yeah I'm so you have become, to be deliberate you become a lot have, more intentional exactly, with what you exactly, think exactly yeah. and that's what's beautiful about it so you have to think quick so yeah it's another another mm. way of me learning about myself like do you feel like you're in this headspace of 
like at least I know that I'm in this headspace of like, okay, I need to take a break after having hustled for, I mean, I was working for four or five years in the industry as a freelancer and then was kind of like, okay, I need to find a job and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm like, okay, I have this urge to just express myself creatively without any kind of pressure and without any kind of, you know, objective or the need for an outcome. Like I just want to explore and I just want to be curious and I just want to kind of experiment and play around. Yeah, that's a perfect point. And that would, that is literally the way that I would describe how my life is right now. Mm-hmm. So, no, like, after, because the pandemic, I, I'm honestly, like, to, I'm also kind of still processing the pandemic because of, like, how disruptive that was in, like, daily life mm-hmm. and yeah. people we interacted and things that we did on a daily basis. So, I started my job coming right out of the pandemic. And then it was like back to zero to 100 straight, mm-hmm. boom, hamster wheel, like yeah, hectic, yeah, yeah. hectic, high stress environment. So leaving my job now, it's been two months now. So first of April was my last day. Um, and since then, I've just like adopted a very slow, intentional and creative way of living. Mm-hmm. And just also just appreciate being. Because I think we're so stuck on like what we have to achieve and mm-hmm. with what timeline and you're just constantly doing to get somewhere. But, and that's beautiful. Like, I'm still a very ambitious person. That's not going to go away. But for now, I just need to... Exist. Exact. Just do nothing. Yeah. But nothing in a creative, productive way. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm still yeah, nurturing yeah. my soul. I'm doing things on a daily basis that I genuinely enjoy doing that feel good. Even, like, when I set, a, like, a, a, um, in my schedule, like, a meeting or a meeting with someone, it's not going to be fixed to that time. Like, if I feel in the morning that... I can't take this obligation or I maybe mm-hmm. push it back half an hour either today. It's like I'm just going with the flow and really intentionally doing what feels good in that moment and not trying to overthink mm-hmm. and always keep a busy schedule. Like I'm cool just having a three hour morning routine. Yeah. I'm sweeping my way. balcony, yeah. Yeah, making yeah, yeah. some food, maybe doing some little two answering two emails and I'm I'm good for the day. Mm-hmm. It's true. And I mean like for me, because this month is hectic for me because I started German classes, so now I have to finish and work at six and then have German at six until nine every day, well, Monday to Thursday. So then it's like my entire day is gone, you know? And I mean, I chose the intensive course because I wanted it to be a sprint and not drag this whole Mm -hmm. thing on, you know what I mean? Um, So I, I anticipated that, but it's still a lot. And then also I think I do a lot as well, like to just network and be around and be present at events and stuff. So I think I'm... Yeah, um, you live a busy, busy life. So I think that a weekend, like today, I, there was a vinyl market going on, like a vinyl trade show kind of. So it's a, like there's this new... Um, so for the last few years, there's been a huge shortage of vinyl. People are waiting all kind of 12, 15 months to get their records pressed, you know? So labels were just like in crisis, like it just sucked, right? And then you wore in Ukraine and pandemic and my mama, mama. And they just opened up a new pressing plant in Berlin, which is very exciting, you know? Um, so I was following this press and plant because just for future ideas of record label, etc. And then they posted they were going to be at this vinyl market and they were like, it's going to be talks. You could dig around for some vinyl. It's just going to be. And I was like, I mean, this is like my scene, right? So it's just going to be a trade show for like something that I love. So it's a room full of people like me. Right. And that's exactly what it was. I have to say, I had a fantastic time with this thing. <laughs> like I have to say, I was at the talk. I was at the talk and the guys were saying things. And, like, they didn't have to explain too much because, like, everybody in the room was laughing and smiling and, like, like just understanding everything they were saying. 
because we all like know like we all get it you know and everybody was cool mm -hmm. it wasn't like too cheesy or too like overdone or too it was literally just everybody just seems super cool and super nice yeah. and you know you go to some parties and the crowd is like not your crowd you know but like this was like just so my crowd it was peaceful you know right? as you just said is understanding it was so that kind of stuff just feeds your soul and they had the jamaican food outside and they had a jamaican tent outside and i went up to the front and the lady was jamaican and we had a nice conversation so it was just i was having such a good time but all i have to say is that i had this planned weeks before and then on the weekend normally i have a podcast um scheduled um, on Saturday afternoons, I think. Mm. And it was actually Raf's idea to do it in the evening. Oh my God, the best like, thing. Yeah, because idea. you can yeah. get everything done. Yes. Yeah. Knowing you, like maybe yeah, yeah. you have like a spontaneous night out and then you don't yeah. get home at midnight, you get home at six. You don't yeah, it's hours. such a good I don't know, normally, I think normally we do it at like 2 p.m. because then you have the rest of the Saturday. Yeah. Where you could like do stuff in the evening, you know, but this way around is actually. I mean, I like this way around. Nice. I mean, and what I was saying is that normally like my days are so planned, especially this month with German right after work, that like I woke up um, this morning and I, I did go out last night. I told myself I was going to be back at 12. Of course, I got back not at 12. Mm -hmm. Of course, I got back at like 4, you know. But I still had time to sleep in. And then I was like, am I going to go to this final market and then podcast? I'm thinking, blah, blah, blah. And then I thought, B, it's your Saturday. You know, you just have two things to do. And one of them is at 6 o'clock, mm -hmm. you know. So just relax and yeah. go to your thing that you wanted to go to. Because if you stay home and chill and do nothing and play PS4 or whatever, it's going to feel like the rest of the downtime that you steal during the week. You know, like from 9 o'clock when German is done. And I'm just like, All right, I don't want to hear from anybody. And then I just play PS4, yeah. like, you know, smoke and then watch something, you know. And if I do that, then it's going to feel like one of those days. But I want to do something like for me and sometimes you just need to take the time to just yeah take your time to have your day the way you mm. want to have it you know what yeah. i mean that's such an important thing that we forget to do when you're in this like hamster wheel is such a good metaphor for it because you're really running to go nowhere but there's no destination yeah like you're training yeah you're yeah. getting fit you're getting mentally trained you're again. doing you're things train. i guess but you're yeah. literally like it feels like you're you're it, i mean a, a hamster wheel i read somewhere looks like a ladder from the inside right so you feel like you're climbing a <laughs> that's funny yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but really and truly it's just like exerting way too much energy yeah. for way too little outcome exactly and, um, and that's the thing i once you once you start really being mindful of how you feel in certain situations yeah. and also reflecting on like because we're always going to make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. No one has this perfect strategy of how to live to avoid like moments that don't feel like bliss yeah. or that you maybe didn't want to commit to. Mm -hmm. But just looking back and identifying that, okay, it's okay to not take this obligation at the exact time. I think this is also mm -hmm. for us as people who are who grew up in Caribbean culture where things are just chill. Like life is yeah. easy. Reach right? when you reach. Reach when you reach. Yeah, exactly. Things start at four, but they actually start at five. There's definitely, there's definitely levels to, to both ways, <laughs> to both sides yeah. of the coin. But at the end of the day, like for us or for me, I can only speak it from personal experience, but I think y'all can relate to it. It's like leaving a, leaving the Caribbean, moving to Berlin where, or like Germany where everything has, everything has a timeline. Mm -hmm. There's a schedule to everything. Like coffee at 11. And, and if I'm running five minutes, it's like, yo, I'm running five minutes. Like, I respond to people yeah. who tell me that they're late. I was like, yo, calm. Yeah. Like, calm. Just do something in that moment 
that is then going to make the, the time not feel mm-hmm. wasted in a sense. But yeah, just to kind of be a little more easy, I've just trained myself to really use my energy and my time as currency also. Yeah. And just be very intentional with what I do commit to. I'm also yeah. very careful like who I say yes to or how mm-hmm. quickly I say yes to something because yeah. I know myself and I'm very prone to changing my mind about what I feel like doing in that moment because it doesn't feel right now as it did when I made that plan. And I'm no longer reluctant to just say, yo, I ain't feeling that. I learned this lesson actually last week where I didn't do it, which is carnival. Really? <laughs> yo, when y'all were at my house. <laughs> <laughs> when everyone's getting drunk at the house yo, and yeah. they didn't want to drag you out. Bro, yeah. and exactly. And my energy, my energy changed because I usually when we, like in past, like when, when crop over or carnival comes or like these mm-hmm. kind of events where you like, you, you want to link up with people, you mm-hmm. kind of get in the mood and you, your vibe and usually yeah. the energy rises and everybody's drunk and they're having a good time. Like my mindset has in terms of like what feels like fun to me has shifted so heavily in the past mm-hmm. couple of years where I more embrace the moment of like the, the moment of your being at my house mm-hmm. and having that vibe. But then when the time came to actually leave, I just had like a quick conversation with myself. I was like, yo, do I still feel like leaving home now? Like mm-hmm. the energy, is, it feels good, but I don't feel like leaving home right now going on the road and I failed to communicate that at the time and I actually had like a little argument with Jamal the other day about mm. it where I just failed to communicate in that moment to y'all as a group and say yo I'm having a I'm having a time I'm still gonna meet y'all on the road but I need time for myself just to reset and mm-hmm. I literally y'all left I cleaned a little bit I meditated I listened to some music yeah. I smoked and then I had to kind of recalibrate to be able to go on the road with intention mm-hmm. and I did and I'm so happy I set that boundary for myself even though it was overwhelming in the moment, I was like, yeah, you don't want to like kill the vibe and you don't want to go. And people had expectations, maybe that we all go as a group, baby steps. But yeah, it felt so good. And just Mm -hmm. like, but I did the same thing that morning. Yeah, I was going to say, I did the exact same thing this morning, that morning. Yeah. yeah, Because I, (laughs) I didn't even go by you. Yeah. I didn't even go by you. Can't, you even, can't even call to tell anybody who wouldn't come in. He was just like, Jimmy will tell them. Dan, because I, no, because I did the, because it's the exact same thing, yeah. right? And I have arguments with people close to me as well because I, yeah, I, t- I, I, I have a lot of obligations because of, of, of my ambitions and, and the things that I want to do. Um, that comes with certain obligations to be places and to do things that, yeah, that I don't want to do all the time, you know? And it might sound like, oh, no, you have to go to all these clubs. You have to go to all these parties. But, yeah, B, it sucks going to a club or a party and going through all of that when you don't really want to go, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it's not always a club. It's not always a party, you know? But when it comes to sleeping in or sleeping in or sleeping without an alarm, you know, that's a, a, I have to make that a priority at some point. My body is telling me, yeah, you need to just not have an alarm because it's not even just a matter of my physical health. It's also my mental health, like yeah. going to bed knowing that I have an alarm. And then in my sleep, if that makes sense, knowing that you have an alarm. But also of, just the lack of you know? sleep itself. is. But the lack of sleep health. itself kind of messes you up. And I told I told, well, I told you, I was about to say I told Jamal, but I didn't, right? <laughs> but I told, I told you, I was like, because in the group, and then you were ponging me in the group, because then I was teasing <laughs> Curtis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because Curtis, Curtis set us up a couple times, right? Yeah. And then I was like, or well, set me up a couple times. So I was ponging him in the group. 
saying, you know, this is May 2023 and I'm not May 2024, you know, just so, you know, and then I told you that, yeah, I don't think I'm coming to like drink or pre-drink or whatever. I want to sleep. And that sounds like silly, but I feel like that is something that I have yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And that was the best thing I could have possibly done for myself. Yeah. And, then and I, it's also yeah. like you have to prioritize yourself to an extent so that you can even be good company around people. Because yeah. otherwise it's like, if yeah. you don't want to be here in this state, then I don't, I'm not benefiting from it as well. As well. It's also about understanding that, like, your friends understand, you know? That's okay, the thing, maybe. too. And even if they don't, even if they bash you, I feel like I've gotten to a point where I have to learn to just let people be disappointed, <laughs> Yo, let people be annoyed. That is one thing that I, I saw I saw a podcast about that the other day, and uh, so I listened to a podcast the other day about that, about just, like, not having, not feeling the need to explain yourself to mm-hmm. people all the time. It's like, there comes a point in time, like, in your own, like, personal growth journey where you where there's a certain lack of understanding about your peers because nobody knows exactly what you're going through. Nobody knows exactly what life like mm-hmm. for you looks like, what your experience is. So always having to explain yourself like why you make certain decisions mm-hmm. is draining. Bro. Yeah. I also kind of feel like the right people will just accept it. Yeah. You know, you're but, not going to drop me as a friend because I do something that's important to me or I don't do something that I don't want to do. And I speak about this in the context of age as well, right? And I talk about your 30s as compared to your 20s for me. Or like, because I'm just as, I think I party just as much as I did when I was younger. But my ability to say no has definitely changed. Um, I mean, not just in the sense of, no, I don't want to go to that party, but setting boundaries with your friends. And mm-hmm. that when you say no, you don't feel bad that you're mm-hmm. this, because that's how I used to feel, you know? Like, and that's the joke, you know? Like, when you're super young, you're always trying to fit in and you want to be like mm-hmm. everyone else. And then, like, you know, then you get older and everybody wants well, to be you switch up. Uh, you know? You change. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. And I mean, like, I feel like you, 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 you try and, you know, do what everybody else is doing and then you get to a certain age where it's like, yeah, maybe I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Or the, and, and then your friends also, as we all get older, say, well, ah, it's safe, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. people aren't as like, like, oh gosh, you need to come. I mean, of course, we might well, say that anyway. people respect it and like look up to it, you know, and they're like, yeah. God damn, I we <laughs> do that more often. <laughs> Like, yeah and yeah. i mean like i think it's important i yeah, think it's yeah, like sure. and that's what's cool <laughs> that's what's cool about being in the 30s, 30s i feel and i always say this that i think like that's the the big difference for me is that in your 20s i think you definitely get a good i good idea of what's for you mm. or like uh, you in know what you executed but in 30s you know what's not for you mm. i feel like in your 30s yeah. you definitely you know for sure all right I have no problem saying, yeah, this is just not my thing. Or I just, I'm not a whatever person. You know what yeah. I mean? Or at least not today. Yeah. In, in a way that I think for me in my 20s, I didn't have. I think I definitely knew what I liked and I knew what I like was on. But I think I definitely had a tougher time um, saying no and, and setting those boundaries of, yeah, this just isn't for me. Because then you see so many people being like into or wanting to do something and then you feel like, I, I feel like maybe I should be into this too, mm-hmm. you know? But then, like, I feel for me, I got older and I was like, I'm not into it and mm-hmm. that's okay and that's just the end of it. And know? I feel like you don't even realize how draining it is to put so much pressure on yourself yeah. to do something that you don't actually want to do. I mean, I'm not at 30 years yet, but later on you kind of realize, 
or you think before that saying no to something is going to be a worse feeling than actually doing anything. And after a while, you realize, <laughs> no, actually, yeah. I'm more comfortable with the discomfort <laughs> of saying no than putting myself through this and also having yeah. this whole mental back and forth in your head between should I do it, should I not do it, you know? Yeah. Just, like, just accept what you want to do. And FOMO, FOMO is out. Like, right now, it's JOMO. It's like, instead What's of fear, fear of missing out, it's now joy of missing out. <laughs> like, I honestly have never looked back at a time where I, like, say in the context of, like, going out, mm-hmm. Unless it's like a very special person's occasion, mm. saying no, I don't think I've ever looked back and regretted saying no. Because what I've gained by just having that time for myself, like I've never realized, like, shit, man, I could have been there drinking with any man. And things like, there's a certain, <laughs> like, you, you at least, or at least when you reach a certain level of, of age, um, a certain age or, or level of like self awareness, it just becomes like, okay, I'm glad I just said no to that. Because I know even if I had gone, there would have been, I would have maybe left earlier, I wouldn't have been in the headspace to do this. And, yeah, so joy missing all And then also one. now you just have more responsibilities too, you know, that you just didn't have when yeah. you were like younger. But for you, well. I think it's a little more complicated yeah. because you also work in nightlife. So it might feel sort of sometimes like you'd also, I think sometimes feel this pressure to have to be someone yeah. to show yeah, face, yeah. to network. I know yeah, what yeah. it is because I, I was in that bubble also for like six to eight years, just like where you have to go out because, and you kind of tell yourself like, this is work. I need yeah, to be there yeah, because yeah. there might be people from the industry who I need to talk yeah, yeah, to. Yeah. But And that's when it then becomes toxic because... The, the, kind, the lines kind of get blurred as yeah, to what you yeah, need yeah. to attend to and what you really should attend to or what you actually want to go to yeah, yeah, because yeah. you know exactly what benefit is going to, what, what effect is going to have either on your, um, on your like, feeling or, yeah. or your career. Yeah, it's true. And just being selective. Mm-hmm. But talking about that, to, ch- to change topics, so you've been DJing now, right? You've been, you've been teaching, well, you taught yourself how to mix, I assume. Um, or yeah, some yeah, mentorship. No, yeah, no, I taught, I teach. I mean, going back to music in general, like I've been involved in music so uh, since I was a kid. So I played instruments growing up. Mm. I had like a brief stint where I played drums. I played the first instrument I started was piano. Um, then I played saxophone through um, secondary school, and so music. And my dad's a producer, and my mom's a DJ. So music oh, has yeah, always yeah, yeah. been in my blood, and. I never, but I never felt that calling as a kid. Like I always wanted to be outside playing and building and stuff. That's kind of where my creativity lies. Um, or the only creative medium that I explored as a kid. And the older I got, I guess it was also the voice in the back of my head of my dad's being like, play an instrument, play an instrument, or like have incorporate music in your life in some way or form. And this only really, I only really understood this fully during the pandemic, where we had we were isolated and me living alone, being single, it was like all I really had at that time to um, kind of feel good was music. And that's kind of where I fell in love with music and understood the power of music and how you can use it to express yourself, how you can use it to evoke certain feelings and um, to then essentially also use that as a, another medium of creative expression. So that's where that now had kind of intensified. I bought a set years ago when I was still studying but I never prioritized that because I was also playing football and I was working in nightlife and I just had too many things going on so I could never really fully focus and commit to um, exploring my skills or like building on my skills as a DJ so um, that's something I'm now focusing more on and I'm grateful now that I don't have my full-time job where I can really focus on music photography and um, just yeah mix essentially and then see where that leads. Okay, nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, and being in Berlin, obviously, there's just 
that culture is all around obviously yeah. it's literally you know perfect I mean? city i think i mean yeah. you kind of also for me it was also i was also very reluctant in calling myself a dj or committing yeah. to djing because every fucking person is a dj nowadays yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but i kind of took the negative connotation away from that and said yeah because music is powerful and a lot of people love music yeah, and i think yeah. everyone everyone should or every every creative or um should have a milk a, a camera or yeah yeah have some interest in music and yeah, yeah, explore yeah. music whether it's an instrument whether it's singing whether it's percussion or yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. or djing yeah. and i think that's the easiest way to get introduced to me because as a dj your job is just to play music is to curate a certain vibe and i'm using it for me now to kind of create or to identify what like my musical um what my sound is and yeah. what what genres of it and being in berlin obviously like berlin is like the mecca of like house music house music is something i'd never really see myself listening to or playing and this is one thing that i'm not really exploring and understanding like how powerful it is and the effect that it has on us as human beings and it's, it's a beautiful experience for me personally and just yeah reconnecting to to my childhood as well it is because i think like when people bash djing or, or roll their eyes at someone becoming a dj i think they're just rolling their eyes at the uh, the idea of a commercial uh entity of a dj being this egotistical um person that is like in charge with a like there's a power dynamic and they're too cool for school yeah. there's that going. but there's also just projection some people may also want to do it but then also holding themselves back because it's of that true same narrative. But, I, but i also think it's about because i also don't say that i'm a dj right i say i'm a, a selector <laughs> I like that though. I like Big that. difference. I like that. And it's just, it's Big just difference. like, it's just because I don't know. Being like, okay, I don't actually want to have a DJ career, yeah. and I feel like the word DJ is attached to the career and marketing yourself as a DJ. Whereas if you're a selector, you're just well, I don't know what I want, music. but I mean, I hear you. I, I hear what you're saying. You I hear you. One hundred percent. Because like, I for sure, like, I love it. You know what I mean? I love being able to play my music for people and people enjoy it. But it's like, I don't want to. I don't know. I, do, I also just don't want to step in the space of like, I have a lot of respect for DJs and what they do and how they approach their career. And I'm like, I don't want to call myself a DJ without putting in what it actually takes to be a DJ. Cause it's not just about selected music. Yeah. yeah. It's also about the promotion. It's also about the branding. It's also about the business around it. And I'm yeah. like, I'm not invested enough in that to say that I'm a DJ as well. Well, I like to say is vibe curation. Yeah. Cause that's essentially what a DJ. That's what a DJ yeah. does. You do it. Like you really, yeah. you either go there and tell a story with your music but essentially what you're doing, I mean, if the promoter knows what they're doing and they're booking you for a reason, mm -hmm. they're expecting a certain vibe that you bring. So your responsibility is to make sure that everybody in that space is enjoying themselves. Mm -hmm. And ideally, you can read the room, understand what music would fit this scenario, this environment right now, and then play it. And in a sense, have people enjoy themselves without even in some certain, like in some events, not even knowing that a DJ is there. Mm -hmm. They just feel good. The music is good and they're mm -hmm. bumping. But I think in terms of what you like, kind of come um, identify like DJs as like to your point, it's like DJ in a sense can also be a performer. Yeah, and, and that's that what gets I think. Too commercialized nowadays, it's like this is your career. You are yeah. this, and I think that's what people like. They, they, so much they, of what they, effect they, you have. On they think of this very shallow idea, but the the concept of DJing at its heart of what it is, you know, in terms of creating, playing music for a group of people so that everybody is on the same, literally listening to the same wavelength and frequency of, of music and getting the same stimulation mm. and then responding in their own way to the same thing. And then sometimes in amazing moments, responding in a unified way, 
you know, that creates a, an almost tangible energy in the room. And that is something that everybody does and everybody enjoys because everybody knows the feeling of when the ox cord gets passed to you yeah. and you drop some fire and everybody goes nuts <laughs> and everybody wants to know what song that is. Mm-hmm. Everybody is like, yeah, straight. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody knows that. You know what I mean? I mean, of course, like... <clears throat> To be, to want to be a DJ, you know, there, there, there are different levels, like, as, as you said, because I think we had Joanna, um, Joanna now from, from, from Trinidad, the, the, the other DJ here in Berlin. Um, she, when you played at Club Kukren, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we had her on the podcast and we were kind of new in order to be a DJ. And then we were having, a, we were eating a dinner right after myself and Jamila. And she looked at me and she was like, yeah, I think <laughs> she was like, yeah, I think I don't really, I mean, but you also said this before. It's not like yeah. that was something that you just came yeah. to, but she said, yeah, I don't think now I know I don't really want to be a DJ because I hear how y'all talk about the nitty gritty and I don't have time for all of that. You know what I mean? Like, but it, just I, doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't. Like, it doesn't excite, it doesn't, like, you excite me that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. I get like that when it gets into photography. And when you all talk about the club scene, not yeah, even yeah, just yeah, DJing, yeah, yeah, but yeah. the club scene, yeah, yeah. it's just like I'm not that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it that goes back to like <clears throat> expectation management as well. Because mm-hmm. in the past, I remember when I was studying. I was when I bought my first like DJ set, and I had this because everybody like I was studying. Um, design and I knew and I was working in nightlife and I was interacting with so many people like so many DJs and I looked at them and they inspired me I was like yeah I want to be that I want to do that but what I meant to say in that moment or what I was feeling is like I want to play music I want to curate I think that's what you felt too because I think but then we get so consumed by the performance aspect of it and then you kind of find yourself on a on a journey to become something that you don't realize. Okay, there's a lot more to it than what you just see in the beginning. Yeah, and you can still stay and w- stay within music. You can still yeah, play yeah. music, yeah. but I think your goals then shift in a sense. Yeah, go, yeah. I no longer want to be the center of attention in the club yeah, or yeah. playing yeah. like this genre of music. Yeah, yeah. Like I want to be involved in music. I want to maybe incorporate an instrument um, or play a certain a different yeah play a different vibe. Yeah, but yeah. In, this, in, in in essence. You're just still pursuing the love for music like that. Because there's there's a difference between uh, being a DJ in the context of a club and being a DJ in the context of a radio, you know, which yeah. is a, being a radio selector kind of thing and playing music for people to listen to and playing, room, uh, playing music for a room full of people. Um, and then, of course, there are varying levels of, yeah. like, in terms of what you're playing and what you're expecting and things. Mm. But, of course, the majority of DJs in, in Berlin, when they play, like, house and techno, they're envisioning... A club setting and the envision in Panorama Bar going nuts to yeah. them, right? So, I mean, that is, <clears throat> I think, one format of of music cura- curation or like <laughs> vibration curation for a room. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I feel like there are many other ways to do it, and I think that it's cool, and everybody loves to do it. You know what I mean? I feel like, mm-hmm. and and so when you said you 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 know picked it up or you you, you dove into it, you know. That got me excited, you know what I mean? Because there's a lot of competition in in Berlin, obviously being a DJ, and I I, I don't think I I fight with like bitterness. So when people somebody says like I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a DJ, or I want to be a DJ, like I definitely don't roll my eyes. I think that I think that's cool and exciting. I'm a, I'm happy for them. Um, but but if you want to do it or you care about it in the same way that I do, then I definitely have my opinions in, in, 
in terms of like the respect that you should have for certain things, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but that's not to say that you wanting to explore that medium is any less exciting than than my passion to yeah. do what I want to do. You know what I mean? So I think that's exciting. You know what I mean? And we, we still said we're going to have that session where we... I was just going to get to that point because like literally, <laughs> in a sense, like you're, you also inspired me to, to kind of pick, like there are a bunch of DJs or selectors in, um, in not only in Berlin, um, but yeah, all over the world who have inspired me to just kind of pursue it as a passion first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I we definitely go lock in that one practice session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the idea of B2B. Like that's yeah, something yeah, yeah. that's very big here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which isn't, I mean, There's so many DJs yeah, are like, oh god, we have to play together now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. I think that's another like way of challenging each other in a sense. So it's not it's not competition yeah, per yeah. se, but it's more like, oh, you you dropped that song, and I just that just evoked a certain feeling. Yeah, I know yeah, exactly yeah. what song would fit with that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It kind of brings like a collaborative element of to, to playing, and it's no longer ego. One so. of the things that Joanna has said is that you find your friendship vibe, or like that space in your friendship, that that intersection Absolutely. between your vibe Absolutely. and my vibe. Yeah, and it's almost like a portrait of your friendship. Yeah, no, yeah. I did. I did a couple of sessions already with um with some DJs, uh, whether it's like Pirate Studios or somewhere else, and just. Really, yeah, and I think you hear things differently. Like when you, when you, um, when you're in charge of the music, and when you're mixing, and when you're playing with someone else, you hear things differently from when you're just in charge on your own. You know, because different combinations of songs and different introductions of how vibes come in differently. You know, definitely they're, they're different perspectives. You know what I mean? So you actually learn a lot about your own music mm-hmm. and your own library when you play with someone else. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest compliments I've ever gotten in my whole life. They have a few times where I definitely feel like really special. I'll never forget. But Joanna played Sisyphus. And when I came to Berlin, my first ever gig in Club Kranich was with uh, Joanna. And she always played a lot slower and we played back to back. And and long story short, I um, I, I play a lot faster than Joanna. So I was kind of pushing the BPM up and she was a little scared or whatever. And, and, and I was like, now nah, we're going to go. And then whatever, it worked out. We didn't go too fast. And then after I played, and I played really fast, right? Um, and the room was bumping. Of course, all my friends were there, which really helped, right? So like a lot of people were there that for was, me. He was there. Uh, that was, my, was there. there. Yeah, that was yeah, my yeah. birthday last year. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of friends were there. So the energy was a lot like for me, which really helped the energy of the mm. room. You know what I mean? Um, so anyway, afterwards, Joanna started to play faster. So to me, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, 100% she started playing faster like after like we had such a good moment together, you know, because she, she's such a good DJ and, and we we actually both play really well together. Um, and then she finished playing Sisyphus and she was being like the DJ after the great set at Sisyphus with a crowd of like people around her. And somebody came up to her and said, well, somebody was there and was like, oh, you, you played so well or whatever. Like, like, uh, have you always been playing this style of music, whatever? And she was like, no, actually, I only started playing faster a year ago because of this guy right here, oh, you know, love and single me out. And I was like, oh, my God, you yeah. know what I mean? If you bite up and Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and I was just like, but that's so nice. And that's such a beautiful thing that you can inspire someone to such a degree. You know what I mean? I mean, even to a small degree, you know, and I have lots of small moments like that. Um, that are a lot less like public, you know what I mean? Just people who yeah. speak to me, you know what I mean? But like just the 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 inspiration you can give people from very mm-hmm. like just a good set is is unreal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, so sure. it's so so that's exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another thing we spoke about 
on the on the last on the last podcast that I think is very important, right? Um, because well, both of you um, have this experience that I definitely don't, right? So we have three different styles of um, Caribbean emigration to Germany, right? Three different stories, right? We have like I I just I now reach, you know. Welcome. <laughs> and your full training. Yeah, I know read don't know the full training, don't know the language. Now trying to find my feet, you know, as a German resident, right? And Jamila, who has who was here some time now, you know, mm-hmm. half German, didn't know the language, but did have the same experience that you had, Ralph. Twelve years now. Yeah. But probably around the same time, I'm not sure. But you left so correct me if I'm wrong. If I go back to your story, but you, uh, your mom um, got an opportunity to come back to Germany because your father's Barbadian and your mom is German. He kind, yeah, basically. But my dad, yeah, so my dad's from Kanoan, but moved to Barbados at a young age. Okay. Barbados was home. Um, moved to, I was born in Berlin, and my brother as well. And my parents actually met in Berlin. Um, and then at some point my dad just got homesick and wanted to go back to the Caribbean, just got fed up with the cold. <laughs> and my mom basically moved with him, taking my brother and I. So we grew up in Barbados. And then when I was 18, I had kind of finished, I had finished secondary school and Cape, so O-levels, A-levels. And then it kind of felt right to close that chapter in Barbados and come back to Berlin and just experience city life and also just see what else is out there in the world um for me it was to to join the army because i got called to the army actually they sent a letter to barbados calling me to to the army um because it used to be compulsory back then oh wow um what year was that do you remember that was 2009 okay 2008 2009 so we moved to berlin in 2009 for a for collective reasons i remember because i saw uh i saw something on facebook because we we met when we were so me and Raf met, to say this again, when we were teenagers in Barbados partying. I met you at Celeste's house. We were pre-drinking at Celeste's house. Those parties in St. George were shit. So we were at Celeste's house and we vibed a bit and I had you on Facebook. And I remember when you moved to Germany because I saw, because we never really stayed in touch much. I think I'd hail you when I see you, of course, but like, you know. And then when you moved, I remember like, I noticed. And of course, your last name was strange so i was figured like there was something <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah so i was like okay well there's something obviously he's whatever so yeah continue yeah now the, the beijing with the, Ger- the weird german name yeah, yeah. um yeah no so it was it was multiple reasons why why at the end we decided to move to berlin one because i got called to the army too because i also wanted to study abroad and my parents couldn't afford to send me to like canada or the uk or the states which were like the those universe, those yeah, places yeah. where um, most of the kids would leave uh, Barbados to, or the Caribbean to go and study. And having a German passport, it was, in a sense, easier for me to come here and then um, take advantage of certain opportunities like studying for free. And that's basically what then happened. Like three of us, my mom, my brother, and I moved to Berlin in 2009. Um, we had visited Berlin while living in Barbados like every other year or something. So, but there was never a real strong connection to the city. So it was, in a sense, for me also like a big culture shock, packing up literally my whole life into two, three suitcases, um, the three of us actually, and then moving to Berlin and just starting another adventure. And you all knew the language before? You learned it when you came here? Mm, My mom, she would speak to us in German in our household. 
we never answered back in German or never had any interest in speaking mm -hmm. German because my life was in Barbados. Like for me, I was living in paradise. There's no reason for me to ever want to go back to, yeah. to Germany or kind of. So that was kind of the, the, the mindset I was in when I was a kid. Um, but in her speaking German with us in, in our household, it definitely made it easier for me to understand the language after moving to Berlin. Uh, I still had to learn to read, write and speak essentially. Um, but it wasn't as tough a transition as it would have been for Kyle um, basically coming here and having to start from of course, absolute but it, scratch. But the difference is that I, I mean, I moved when I was a fully formed adult with a, 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 a strong a sense of who I am, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Which is very different from any 18-year-old, yeah. you know what I mean? And you went into an English-speaking company, an English-speaking school, right? A hundred percent. So my yeah. <clears throat> my world was not, I mean, I, I, I was in Berlin, but my yeah. world was not entirely in German. Mm -hmm. Whereas for you, you then, you had to retake a couple of years of school, which is all in German. Yeah. And then, you know, how, that must have been, Sound, sounds like an absolute nightmare. <laughs> nightmare it definitely was. I mean, though, when I look back, I think those are some of the most challenging years of my life because I just basically left the only place I knew was home, which in my eyes back then was paradise. And then I'm moving to basically into the unknown. I'm from this place, but I have no idea what to expect. Um, so it was a big, big transition for me in terms of trying to find my footing here. I also didn't move here because I knew exactly what I wanted to do because I didn't get accepted to uni before I came here. So for me, it was like the, either I go to the army or I find a job or I do this. Or So I had a lot of options and there was never this like, okay, my intention to go there is to do this specific thing, which in retrospect was actually a good thing because it opened my mind to possibilities and um, also just taught me to go with the flow and kind of just take it at face value, like take it for just one step at a time. And I was met with a lot of challenges. So coming to Berlin and trying to get my certificates from Barbados translated or yeah. accredited here was hell. So yeah. they didn't know, like the lady in the, um, obviously it's a bit like, like you have to kind of hope that you meet someone at the, at the government office that is empathetic and has some compassion with your situation. But for me, it was the exact opposite. I went in there, I showed her my certificates. My mom actually had to go with me for the first year or so, or even two years, um, to all the government offices, just kind of get me settled in Berlin and kind of tackle all these bureaucratic um, challenges with me. So the lady that I had then been assigned didn't know where Barbados is. She also had no intention of doing any research as to what school system we have back home. So for her, it was like, I know where this is you're yeah. not going to get the help? German. Yeah, I, I can't help you, basically. Yeah. Like, no abs no willingness to actually try and understand where I'm coming from. Say, so literally, we have the British school system. I'm sure you've had someone from England moving to Berlin. Yeah. Same thing. And for her, it was like, nah, Barbados is third world country. Same with license. Like, to this day, I haven't translated my license because <laughs> yeah. I think it's the same traumatic experience. Like, nah, I ain't trying to go there. And, like, take it also, yeah, also, I, I tried it, but failed. I realized, like, theory here is a different really? ballgame. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> I God. So it is literally, like, like uh. the German course you're doing now. Learning to drive in Germany is, like, similar level of intensity. So I'm, it's, in my, it's my absolute priority this year to do it. But going like the same, similar situation to back then, so like it was just a big setback for me. They finally then made an exception and said, "Okay, like because I'd done, um, I, I mean, the school system in Barbados is also difficult, different to here because you can specialize at a younger age. Mm 
So in like third form, when you get that slip and you can choose to pursue a certain subject. Stream, I did yeah, the, yeah. yeah, so I did like the tech subjects. I was a tech boy. I was walking around with T-square and I wasn't interested in like in, in business or um, like foreign languages. And for me, it was like art, design, um, technical drawing, metal work, woodwork. So I had a very specific skill set. And I did that all through until fifth form, did my CXCs and then did Cape, two years of that, which in a sense was associate's degree. So coming back to Berlin and then trying to apply that to a system where it's very general and broad. Up and until you, a much later age. Until yeah. 18, exactly. <clears throat> they couldn't fathom like how I could be studying or go, like, in going to tertiary street. education at 13 years old because that's essentially what it is. Because yeah. Yeah. I knew at a young age, like, I don't want anything to do with like reading or writing. Like, I just want to use my hands. I want to be creative. And there's no real... There was no real way to facilitate that coming here. So I was like, no, you don't have physics. You don't have chemistry. You don't have this. You don't have this. It was very restrictive. So we can't give you any yeah. like credible uh, certificate here in Germany. So in a sense, so at, at the end of the day, it was four years that I had to repeat. Oh, wow. And I, yeah, it was tough. But look, even there, that situation, looking back, I was still able to, because the school that I went to then was uh, German speaking, struggled for the first eight months. But even taking on that challenge and just dumping into the deep end and having to interact in German every single day helped me to be fully bilingual now. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Looking back, I was still able to take that challenging situation and make the best out of it. And of course, it was only beneficial for my. Yeah, I mean, I can. My my sister had a similar situation where, like, I learned German before I came here, and I still struggled to like understand how to write properly in German. Have to deal with the political text that you have to read and dissect, like subjects like German politics, religion, all those things where you have to read a bunch of stuff and write a bunch of stuff. I knew German perfectly well and I still struggled with it. And my sister came and didn't know German. So she was more like in your boat as well. And she was 14 and she struggled so at first. Yeah. It kills your confidence as well. Because eh? like if you're in the Caribbean, I don't know how Barbados is, but in Trinidad, once you're a student, that's where you're your pride and your joy is you know your parents are very much like, yeah, you, need yeah, to, yeah. you need to get your all A's and stuff and so you build your confidence based off of your grades and then you come here and because of the language you're all of a sudden not intelligent yeah 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 yeah. Plus, I was a never lot. a student. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not I was not nah, okay. so even coming here then and then having to like perform academically mm-hmm. and I remember like because I couldn't even go to a regular school because I didn't have the general school certificate. Mine was very specialized, so they had to put me in what you call an OSZ, which is a community college. Mm. And the I basically then went into the Faculty of Art and Design. But they still had to incorporate certain subjects. So the political science and in German was another subject I had to do. But then I was struggling in that one. But then I also felt stuck in the ones that I was good at mm-hmm. because I came here and then I remember like my first woodworking um, class, the, the, or not even professor, but the teacher, the workshop guy was um, showing us how to hold a hand saw. And 18 year old me is looking at this guy as like 13 year old me was using a circular saw at large school, like this is wasting my time. I want to mm-hmm. build shit. Like mm-hmm. I was building shit. Mm-hmm. And now I just have to kind of start from zero again. So it was the not being able to speak German and struggling in the academic mm-hmm. subjects, but then also in the practical subjects that I was flourishing in. 
I can't progress because German has such strict like laws and like now you have to be you have to do like a six week course to learn this machine before you can actually make something. So I was like doing theory over and over again while hating theory and not being able to do the practical element. So that was a very confusing phase for me where I just had to kind of stick through it. Mm. Even doing English class as a as an English speaker yeah. and then being better than my teacher at English and then having her still give me like a B <laughs> because I also didn't wasn't good at English in Barbados yeah. it was just like yeah there's this yeah, big discrepancy yeah. of like what I'm good at what educational system it is a whole nother yeah. topic for me as well like the educational <laughs> yeah, system and how it doesn't have bug. like kids best interests at it heart doesn't cater it, to, it doesn't cater or to creatives or what yeah, in general yeah, yeah. So. it's very rich or especially yeah. to like foreigners it doesn't cater to foreigners coming into the country at all you also get like Marks deducted just for grammar and spelling. Yeah, yeah. So then you're doing subjects like math and biology where you, you should have. They like stopped a, doing it in certain subjects. Okay, I know that yeah. for sure. But I know they used to. That used to, that used to, used to be a send thing. me where I'm like, I know that I'm good at this. Like, the, this has nothing to do. Daddy Das has nothing to do with my knowledge. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, intelligence. Yeah, with yeah, my intelligence. Yeah. And I'm like, this is biology, dog. This is maths. Like, I'm maths incorrectly, but yeah, because yeah. I wrote my paragraph. In not perfect yeah. English, uh, not perfect German, yeah, I get yeah. worse marks. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you leave school and realize that half of what you learned is not actually applicable it's in like, life. I'm one of my, I've never touched I a microscope since. Like, what nothing. is this? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, know, you know, we need to, where's tax class in school? Honestly, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, where's like tax? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I could talk about how this to do. Days. You could talk about this. I mean, yeah, I have this, I have this talk all the time. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, for, for many, many different reasons. But I mean, in my, in my case, I, I mean, I wasn't a student and then I did do the sciences. Um, but then I didn't want to do that, you know. But then in, in the system that I was in at home, they just don't cater to anything else. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah, I could talk about this forever and ever and ever and ever. And ever. Yeah. It is a very relevant subject, though, because you kind of grow up finding, like, living a certain, like, towards a certain goal. And then only to later realize, like, okay, I was kind of on autopilot or this is what was expected of me. And this is not actually what I chose to do or wanted to do. Yeah. And you never learn to trust yourself because you're trusting the adults in charge, thinking like they have their shit together, they know what they're saying. Man. But then you grow up and you realize. As a human being, you need to be a doctor, a mechanic, an engineer. You need to. Uh, yeah and it's just like you don't learn to trust yourself exactly that. You don't learn to think for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I become. I struggle with being bitter with the decisions that have been put in front of me because they have been i mean i made certain decisions or i was led to believe that i made certain decisions but then i questioned did i actually make these decisions or was i a mouse in a maze where it's like yeah i'm making decisions but there's nothing outside of this that i can actually do you know i have this like i try to put that thought aside so much because it actually like gets me emotional to think about like like, I mean, I've said this story on the podcast before, you know, I wanted to be a photographer slash a filmmaker when I was a kid and everybody was like, you know, don't you do that. You're not yeah. going to make money, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I fully like built a whole career listening to other people's bullshit mm. to reach, have a whole mental breakdown yeah, and yeah. be like, actually, I just want to take pictures. <laughs> like we covered this. Exactly. I knew this from the beginning. But you know what? I think that a lot has happened and... I had a good, and I'm struggling with this mm-hmm. now, if I'm being honest, right? Because I think about this all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And you know what it is? It's the fact that, like, thinking about, I mean, if I count the years of me studying and building a career, 
thinking about 10 years that I could have put into something I actually give a fuck about mm. yeah, that yeah. I now put into something. And it's not that they went to waste because you learn, you learn things, all these skills and sure. stuff. And you yeah, have to yeah. remind yourself that yeah, you're yeah. doing things because otherwise it feels like 10 years. Just I learned a technique that I'm going to share with you in a bit. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking of the same thing. You know what I mean? And like how you, <laughs> yeah, how you, you never got a, a chance to trust yourself and I, I yeah. battle with the idea of being bitter bitter with um all the things that I feel like I could have done better but at the same time we complain about a lot of things or like our generation has a lot of trauma now right we don't mm-hmm. nobody nobody owns a house nobody can own a house mm-hmm. nobody makes that much money things are too expensive so financially our generation is not in the same place as before right and I think that if it if that wasn't the case if I, because I studied engineering twice, if if I took two engineering, if I have two engineering degrees and it, and it was easy for me to then just like make a ton of money all over the place, then I think I would not have pushed myself to make the jump to come to Berlin mm. to be the yeah. artist. You would be the top engineer in Trinidad now. I would have been the yeah. top engineer in Trinidad. That story you know? would be the same until you turn 65 and then yeah. that's it. Yeah, and then, I mean, I, I would have, I would have not looked place. back. I would, have, I would have gotten rid of whatever other, you know, aspirations I had because there would have been a system around me because that's what really, that's what made the jump because I was... I was following all the all the rules. I was doing everything right. You know what I mean? But I lost my shit when I couldn't afford to just have the car that I had, mm-hmm. you know? And the transmission was going and I'm like, this is another 10,000 TT that I need to put for this transmission. I'm barely, I barely, I don't have that money. I have to borrow money again to fix this car, to go to this job that's not that great, that's not paying me enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's With what... people that I don't even like... <laughs> I like the people. I like so many people. You know, what are you like? Set up the man. Shouts out to Dan and Bashish. Love y'all and Kaylee. But um, no, no. But I mean, it, I think the environment. We complain a lot about the environment that our, our generation lives in now, and what we don't have access to, especially in terms of like the future and money, and nobody owns anything, and everybody's bank account is low, and blah 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 blah. But at the same time, if that. If that wasn't the case, I don't think I would have made this jump. So I think that environment enabled me to say, Dan, well, if I, if I lose in any way, then I might as well lose doing something I care about now. You know what I mean? Because I was like, because I think Jim Carrey gave this story, you know, and I tell this, I, this, I always remember the story, but Jim Carrey's father was an accountant, but he was just like Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey says he attributes all his skills and humor and everything to his dad. But... At, his dad was an accountant and wanted to put money on the table and didn't want to make the jump to be a comedian or whatever. And if, at some point actually got fired from his job and then Jim had to work at like to help, you know, to help make money for the house too. The father was a cleaner and all sorts. And his, this was a speech he gave to university, a graduating class of a university. And he said, the point he's making is that you could fail doing something you hate dread mm-hmm. you know what i mean so you might as well be doing something that you love doing yeah. you know because fail is also an option for you know yeah. so like what do you have to, and i think that in my um on paper i was doing everything correctly and on paper i was set up to have a great life you know what i mean 
But a couple of years into that, I was just like, yeah, well, this plan isn't working very well, Dred. You know, like, y'all are like, y'all are thumbs up in me. But like, even y'all are confused. Y'all think I'm spending money on all sorts of shit that I'm, I'm, I'm not spending money on because y'all are confused how poor I am. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm like... Just not making the kind of money I should be making. I'm just not making the money I'm making. The economy is just not the same. Like, shit, money just doesn't buy what it used to buy before. Yeah, you know what I mean? And so they are still operating in the mentality that, and in the economy that they grew up in. Mm-hmm. You know, and this goes for the entire generation our parents are from. So yeah. the thing is that I think if that wasn't the case, I wouldn't have made the jump to come to Berlin. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I thought about this and then I think that, yeah, because I do struggle with being bitter and being with like... Because I knew I wanted to do this for a very long time, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I came to this realization in the middle of my first degree and I didn't actually do it until two degrees, four years of working and then moved ahead to do a whole nother degree. You know what I mean? So I didn't actually realize what I like, like make that happen until until like like much longer after and then you come here and you see people that have been doing what they wanted to do and it's especially hard when you see people doing what you want to do Mm -hmm. you know and you see them maybe not even at your level but they've just been doing it for longer than you've been doing it and they have now achieved so and you have to join the race with them and you are an intern when they are super manager you know what I mean but then then you have to that's why you always have to or I always remind myself that comparison is a thief of joy yeah because like as soon as I start looking at other people's trajectories like I genuinely believe that everybody's journey is their journey to have, you know, and there's a reason for why you had to make the whole loop around to reach yeah. where you're going. Because otherwise the bitterness will just eat you alive. Yeah. yeah, and I think all that, I mean, like, and, and making, I mean, you, you made the jump. I don't know how much of a a choice that was for you. Um, because of course, like, I mean, for yeah, what? like to leave Barbados, you know, I mean, like at the time for an 18 year old, I can imagine that the the decision to leave, like there's a lot more at play, you know, yeah, it's crazy because that's, that's a topic that I've kind of been dissecting for myself also like through therapy because part of me understands how blessed I am to leave Barbados. Mm. But at the same time, at 18 and comparing it to what you said just now, it wasn't in the sense 100% a conscious decision. It was kind of like, one, I got that letter to go to the army and then it, like my mom also had... Um, the opportunity to i mean it wasn't things weren't working out the way they were yeah. in Barbados, and she was like okay it's time to kind of close this chapter jamal had just finished o levels i had just finished a levels it felt right and but i didn't put as much thought into it how could you at that yeah. point exactly you know so but so th- that's something i really struggled with yeah. mentally over, uh, in the past couple of years because looking back it's like fuck what what would life have been like should i have stayed or maybe stayed another year or two years and Going back to Barbados is painful sometimes for me because, mm-hmm. like, you just see people you grew up with who you kind of wish you were able to spend more time with and kind of grow with, and your life could be something like theirs. Mm-hmm. But I had to delete all that old programming and those traumas that were kind of really, they yeah, had I really struggled with for years and are also the source of my imposter syndrome at times because I, I, I compare myself as a 32 year old. Um, now leaving corporate life to become an artist and you kind of live this artist lifestyle. But yeah, it was still, in retrospect, the best decision I could have made because I wasn't ready to leave Barbados, so I had to figure it out. And that essentially is what created the person I am today with all the quote-unquote struggles. Um, It's also hard to use that word nowadays, like considering what's happening in the world and 
how blessed we actually are to live in Berlin where there isn't a war going on and inflation isn't as bad in, as in other places, even though doing is like three times more expensive now. But, um, <laughs> they always have, yeah, you always, it's easy to look back and say, ah, this, I struggled there and this was kind of what deprived me of a future that I had in mind. Mm-hmm. And you start to blame. But if you really go within and say, nah, I wouldn't be the person I am today if this hadn't, if the, with, if these struggles hadn't happened to me. And we good. And you have to appreciate the person you are. Exactly. To get to that point it has a lot well. to do with self-acceptance yeah. as well. And, yeah, yeah. And, but yeah. it is also the whole, like, first admitting to yourself that it was hard. Because I think a lot of people who move here at that age, at least, you kind of are like, you have to suck it up, you know? You are going to do kind of thing. Yeah. And um, it's the right decision because the adults said that it's the right decision. So you just kind of go along with it. But then later on, you kind of realize that you're... You're, one of the basic psychological needs we have is autonomy. And when you don't meet that need, you always feel like you're not being true to yourself. And then that's one of the things that like causes depression and stuff, right? So then you have to later on try to process the whole, I didn't actually choose this for myself, but it benefited me yeah. in this and this and this way. And this was the part I was supposed to take. Even like my first years in Berlin, because like the first logical thing to do, like, when you have to earn money and survive mm-hmm. when you move is get a side hustle and a side hustle in that for me back then was either I work as a bartender or in a restaurant during the day as a service um, as a waiter and I chose bartending and that had such an impact on how my life has turned out now just being exposed to nightlife and the specific bubble that I was exposed to back then and that also like the trajectory of where I was ending up if I, because I was in that like lifestyle of studying, working nights. That's why I understand exactly where I was coming from. Um, and then you just find yourself at times like, okay, I only started this night, this bartending gig to earn some extra money, but this isn't who I am anymore. Like, So it's always important just to zoom out and look back at where you came from and what you've achieved i think we as adults especially spend too little time looking back at things that we actually were able to achieve for ourselves Mm -hmm. yeah and not think that we always have to achieve the next best thing but also just kind of chill on that moment be proud Mm -hmm. of yourself and be like yo i was through i went through a lot Mm -hmm. and it may not have seen us a lot at the time because we're always on like autopilot but sometimes these things just yeah, you just get sucked in, like, yeah. and, and you feel stuck sometimes. Yeah, and it builds up subconsciously as well, like. Yeah, but it it's, does. Yeah. yeah, it does. So that's where accountability comes in, because then it's easy to blame it on. Yeah. I blamed my misfortunes or what I thought were misfortunes on, like, my parents and my yeah. childhood for a long time. But so. it doesn't matter whose fault it is, like, it's your responsibility at the end f- of the day. Exactly. If I want to change it, no one's coming to save angry, me. Blaming them being angry is going to You have yeah. to make the change, you know? Yeah. And I, I was, um... I was listening to this podcast just yesterday, actually, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because this is something that I mean, of course, like we're all living this right now, right? This, we're not even speaking like in retrospect at this point. We're living all this reality right now. So, I mean, it came to a head the other day. I was I was just talking about, you know, where I feel I am because this year has been rough for me as a, in terms of my mission. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know. I just spent a long time. I, I spent a long time thinking this, this week was tough. And then... I was listening to a podcast last night and somebody asked, um, somebody submitted to the podcast uh, a question, what, what would you suggest for somebody with low, low self-esteem? And <laughs> actually, I wasn't even listening to this under normal circumstances. I was listening to this last night coming back from going out, right? So I was kind of like drunk 
and I was just eating like food, drunk, listening to podcasts on the, on the train, right? And it just happened to be a very poignant moment in this podcast that I think caught me off guard while I was drunk that made me really take it on in a different mm-hmm. way, right? <laughs> but he said, the person asked, like, how do you deal with low self-esteem? Now, I hear this question and I, I, my knee-jerk reaction is, well, this doesn't necessarily apply to me because I never consider myself to be someone to suffer with low self-esteem, right? Must and, be nice. <laughs> <laughs> or what I perceived to be yeah. low self-esteem. So, I mean, I always considered, you know, I grew up in a, a pretty classic household, you know, so I think that my sense of self was always fairly sound. So I, I never considered that or consciously a, a something that I suffered from. But the podcaster opened with, um, you know, maybe low self-esteem is, he said, you know, sometimes if things are not going your way and you feel yourself being bitter towards other people who might be doing something that you are not doing that you want to do or they have something that you don't have that you want to have or they and it could be anything from like just looking a certain way or their lifestyle is a certain way and you immediately start like bringing them down you know you immediately start to say well yeah that's because they that their family have money or yeah that's because they German or that's because they are whatever you know and you start to bring down their achievements which really have absolutely it's absolutely none of your business at the end of the day how and why they're there you know but when you start to do that that's an indicator that you uh, don't have the best picture of yourself at that time Mm -hmm. you know which for me was something that I was never really conscious of. And when he was saying that, I was like, oh shit, that sounds like me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I was just like, I'm there drunk, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm in food. And I'm like, <laughs> you know? And so I'm listening. And he said, because um, he is, um, he's a podcaster and he just realized that he's autistic and he came from a very traditional family, right? Where, talk yeah, I talk about this guy a lot, right? Blind boy. And, yeah. and he, he just discovered he's autistic which is something he felt for a long time so he's been exploring on his own even before this point a lot of mental health because he just felt like he was just different in his head right so he's very well read you know he's not necessarily a therapist but he's very well read and at least transmits these ideas very clearly you know i don't know how well he practices them or whatever but he says that you know you'd have a best friend you know and like if you're a really good friend and you love your best friend, they're your best friend. And whether they have like a good job or bad job or they're fat or they're skinny or whatever it is, you love them because you love them. Now. Even they have their flaws and it doesn't matter because you, you, there's that, that thing about them that you love them for and that's that, right? And if they were to come to you and start to tell you about like how shit they are, your reaction would be like, what are you talking about? Like, Mm -hmm. look at all, and you would be like, no, you have all these things. Like, what do you mean? Like, you you know, and you would speak to your best friend a certain way from a place of, I love you. You know what I mean? And you're good, you know, like you're good. And I understand that you might not be in the best place and you have things to do and you have places to go and you, you, I understand where your head is, but don't forget that you're still like, you're still solid now, you know, or you still like 
have like you're still just as good as that person, you know, intrinsically, you know. And the technique he advises to write down those things that you say to yourself or that you think about like yourself or that you, you might say to like other people, but then reflect on like, well, what does that mean for you? You know, that person has that and, and I don't have it. I am a whatever. And then read it, have, have it written down and then read it back to yourself and speak to that mm. piece of paper as if it's a friend right yeah but i do it not with the friend thing but with like my sister like i'll write things down and then be like what would you say to your sister if she was telling you this because yeah. then you i mean sisters are deep deep yeah, my yeah, sister yeah. could do no wrong like of course yeah she and it's like i accept you with all your flaws and stuff like yeah you're annoying as fuck sometimes but yeah, like yeah. i love you still and i think that you're yeah. you're deserving of love regardless of whatever flaws you think you have yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. No, it's easy I, for us to accept like other people yeah but the self-acceptance is a struggle yeah, for a lot yeah. of us exactly and for me <laughs> being messed up last night and hearing this really made me think about it because of course he speaks about these things all the time but him just phrasing it like that mm-hmm. and not um phrasing it like if you suffer from low self-esteem in terms of like you don't think that you're good enough yeah you know what i mean my initial my thoughts are no i i know i'm good enough and that's why i push myself and that's why i feel like i'm not uh, at where i'm supposed to be mm-hmm. because i know yeah. how hard i work and i know how good i am but that but you think that's just hidden low self-esteem eh? like low self-esteem isn't always yeah i'm self-critical and i'm bashing myself like yeah yeah exactly that low self-esteem towards other people where it's kind of like you're you're masking your own low self-esteem by pulling down other yeah people. yeah and, and, that's and dangerous I, I try not to i mean that's something that i i, I try not to necessarily because i am critical mm-hmm. of a lot of things i'm critical of all these systems that i'm a part of mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a critical of 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 all the all the all the yeah all the systems I participate in you know what I mean with 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 music and everything else you know of course I'm critical of all these things but I try not to blindly just bring people down you know mm-hmm. just because but when shit's really hard then I find myself being really bitter yeah. and it's easy to do that yeah but it's that's only like a plaster on it because it, that's a short term make you feel better in the moment kind of solution but it's it's not benefiting anybody yeah it's yeah. so wild and it's something that i yeah that i think that was really good for me to hear you know see but at least you're at a point in your life where you can hear these things and also receive them yeah because the first reaction is then to like past me would have turned off that podcast yeah <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. That's that's interesting like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Oh, this is not yeah, for me this is somebody else listening yeah. to this carefully yeah, you know this what doesn't mean? apply to me yeah yeah, yeah this doesn't apply yeah. to me but it's nuts yeah, yeah. and I, that that whole like looking at other people because we have that in berlin a lot right you have a lot of people that come from like very privileged backgrounds and they could pursue the arts from a very young age and then you kind of get a little bit of jealousy of like God damn! if I had spent the last 10 years doing this. Yeah. But then I also think, like, I feel so blessed to be able to chill right now and to be able to start doing... I'm studying photography, I'm getting into music, and I'm doing this podcast, and these kind of things I can afford to do without having to work and yeah. actually take time off because I built myself the safety net that I yeah. needed. Got my apartment set up, built my circle, and now I'm at a point where, like cool like a chill press pause on the hustle for a minute and just like express yeah. myself creatively in a way that i probably couldn't have done when i was 18 19 20 because yeah. yeah. i didn't have the financial means and i didn't have the you were in any place to do that i was in any place and i didn't have the life context that i have now yeah, to yeah. apply to the things yeah yeah so it's, it's crazy because like after leaving leaving my corporate job 
at 32, my first reaction, not my first reaction, but this, this certain feeling creeps up, like, it's like, fuck. I'm now kind of shifting course. Mm-hmm. And it's not normal to kind of press the reset button and reevaluate Maybe where you at, are, what you want to age, do. Or yeah. if it's too late. Like, or, as you said, like, yeah. there are certain expectations that, that are um, pushed on us, like, coming from the Caribbean. It's like, at this age, comparing my life to others who I would have grown up with, it's like, I don't have a nice house. I don't have a nice car. I don't have two or three kids. It's like, in certain instances, I feel behind mm-hmm. subconsciously. Um, but that's why comparison really is I think looking back at where my life would have been and where I am now is actually the absolute flex to be able mm-hmm. to have the freedom to decide tomorrow or today. It's like, okay, this old version of me is no longer, this is no longer something I want to do. I want to correct yeah. course. Like course correcting is, it's kind of taboo the older you get. Yeah, yeah. And you also hold yourself back because uh, nah, I can't start something mm-hmm. new yeah, at yeah. 35 or it's like, I'm going to be so behind. Like, these these DJs or mm-hmm. these uh, photographers, as you said, who've been doing this for so long, like I can look like an idiot with my little new, like camera trying to shoot. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but there's, there's a certain beauty in, in like, having this beginner's mind yeah. and it also creates a certain level of confidence to nah, like I'm now embarking on a journey mm-hmm. and really getting to know myself from a whole new perspective and that's for me liberating it all on all levels mm-hmm. and no longer putting worth on accumulative uh, like things that I've accumulated over time yeah I'm more like I'm more in the mindset <laughs> these days of like yeah. I have accumulated so much like stuff and whether it's in my apartment or like obligations. Like yeah. For me, I'm in this mindset of decluttering, getting rid of stuff. The less things I own, the better I feel. And my goal for the next couple of years is to be able to fit everything into two, three bags and move at least for a couple of months to somewhere that I had no absolute, no, absolutely no one. And I can kind of hit the reset button again. And for me, I'm kind of aiming towards like 15 years I lived in Barbados I'm coming up onto 15 years in Berlin now it's been 13 years and I think for me it kind of feels like a milestone mm-hmm. to then close this chapter Berlin at least for a period of time it doesn't have to be forever um, but then to just also allow myself to restart and I'll be probably 33, 34 at that time and that yeah. is also in itself a, a daunting thing to do like start a whole new journey at that age but I'm going to be doing it with a certain level of intention yeah. that I didn't have when I was 18 when I made that initial move you to Berlin. couldn't have. Right? Yeah. yeah, and that, that in itself is a beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean, last time we were on your podcast, and I'll ask you this question again, right? <laughs> <clears throat> because you had mentioned it to me before when we reconnected in Berlin. Um, but you were, you were toying with the idea, or when I asked you, like, yeah, do you see yourself, like, staying in Berlin, or would you move back to Barbados? And you told me that it's something that you were toying with, you know what I mean? But do you see yourself going back home now? Definitely. I do, but my timeline has shifted. Um, I just learned, like one thing I really had learned in the past couple of years is patience. I'm no longer stressing out about achieving certain milestones at a certain age or by a certain timeline. Like I know whatever is meant for me will happen when it's right and when I'm ready to receive it and when I'm really ready to really appreciate it. Um, so f- that is a level of commitment also that I don't think I'm ready for. 
I'm definitely going to go back to Barbados with my... I would love to go. I'm homesick as fuck. I almost yeah, every yeah. single day. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to deny that. But I think going back to Barbados is another level, level of settling that on some days I feel like I'm ready, but I'm also planning my life in weeks right now. I can't yeah, yeah. think that long term. Like right yeah. now, I'm going to spend the summer in Berlin, maybe do one or two city trips. And when the temperatures start to drop again... <laughs> And look at okay, figure out where exit strategy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, go back home and going back home for me also is going to be a different. Is going to be different to how it used to be because I remember yeah. like going back home used to be. I used to. I think my my experience of Barbados shifted. It just became at some point a holiday destination, and I don't want it to be a holiday destination for me because yeah. it still feels like home. But because I don't have a house in Barbados or like a place that is mine. It doesn't feel home. So my ultimate goal for sure is to build a, a house, buy a nice little small, like a small modest piece of land, build a house, um, something that I can call my home, one of my homes, because I have a beautiful apartment here in Berlin that I'm now learning to really appreciate uh, and feel settled in. And to answer your question, absolutely, at some point, I will go back home and set up a base there yeah. and have the benefit of leveraging both places, like, my ideal setup would be winter in Barbados, summer in Berlin, or summer at it's least like based yeah. in Berlin, but then That's being able to travel dream. from mm-hmm. Berlin and explore, explore more of Europe. Um, but for now, I'm very content in just yeah, taking it day by day. I ain't rushing nothing. I ain't trying to take out no mortgage right now to buy nothing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to embrace this newfound freedom that I have and literally just be content in living like a very slow and intentional life mm. amazing That's, and that that whole like decluttering that's such a big part of it right now I like I've getting rid of uh, market since the yeah, pandemic I'm, I'm and, I still, <laughs> bro, and I still got too much yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's mad it's insane how much you could gather in Yo. such little time but maybe I should swing by you shit count. I want to buy some clothes for you somewhere so maybe I'll pass by you I'm the opposite I came to Berlin with way too little yeah, in terms yeah. of clothes so maybe I but it's still accumulates <laughs> yeah but that's the thing like I, I only get new stuff whenever when I've gotten rid and I've yeah. also gotten accustomed to buying secondhand and really pieces that I know I'm going to cherish for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. Or at least mm-hmm. when I'm done with them, I'm going to pass them on to someone else. Like this, I, don't, I haven't bought anything like fast fashion in yeah, a yeah. minute. And yeah, it's, it's a whole other lifestyle that I'm embarking on. And it's a very, very interesting mm-hmm. phase of my life that I'm in now. But that sounds real good. I'm real excited for you. I don't know. It sounds <laughs> Thanks, like, bro. yeah, I feel like making the decision that you made... Is is not something that I see in my future right now, just given different circumstances. You mean the job? Well, I feel like you already made that or a similar decision. Yeah. Like you coming to Berlin was already your big transition. Don't forget, decision, like you, you've you been know? in Berlin for how long? I've been in Berlin for four years. You've been here for thirteen. You know, reach. Yeah. And, and that's that's the thing. Like after thirteen years, Berlin is now starting to feel like home or mm-hmm. a home. Yeah, yeah. I was in denial for so long that Berlin is yeah, my yeah. home. Like I was here physically. But mentally, I was always back, either in Barbados, missing home and not being able yeah, to yeah. appreciate where I'm at in life now. Or I was on the road because I had jobs that I was traveling. I had the freedom to travel a yeah, lot. Yeah. And they, I think we talked, we touched on this the last time as well. It's just like not really feeling grounded. Mm-hmm. So in the phase yeah. I'm in now, like I'm now, I now feel, even though I just said, like, I can see myself uprooting myself again yeah, yeah. in the next year or so and then starting something completely new. But for this season, at least for this summer, I'm very content with just like exploring Berlin and appreciating Berlin as my second home for the first time in 13 years. Yeah. Where it feels mm. good. 
and it doesn't feel like I have to leave, but something is still going. You can't, you exactly. know, can't. <laughs> no, but I mean, I yeah. about this. we spoke about this on the last podcast as well, where I feel like there's this cycle that everybody goes through where in the beginning you're running away from home slash you're yeah. like, yeah. you're yeah. very uneasy. Really and then you, you get to a point where you're like, actually... Home in our Are you settling to yourself a little bit? More? I think that's that narrative of like you have to leave to achieve. Yeah. So you can't be successful. No, no, no. I think you're confused. I was talking about you. What I meant was not in terms of going back home. I mean, of course, I think I agree with you. As in, like the goal would be to um, have the best of both worlds, you know, and mm-hmm. be home when it's cold here, you know, and be here when it's not so horrible outside. Even though right now the winter doesn't bother me. But I meant in terms of um, leaving your job, leaving your your day job or your office job or whatever to pursue an um, an artistic direction fully or fully commit to that. Um, that that's what I meant in terms of that's not something that I see uh, myself being able to do purely because, um, well, I'm Trinidadian, my passport. <laughs> I need papers and things now, you know what I mean? So I need to do certain things for papers, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I'm saying that, like, that will not always be the case, you know? Just in a couple of years, I um, should be good to, where, to an extent where I don't necessarily need to hide behind yeah. hide behind the face of a, of a big entity in Germany to be here. And I think that the idea of um, letting go of these things that I that you have to do for, you know, like, yeah, letting go of these responsibilities that you feel that you have to take on and then fully committing to the responsibilities that fully flow through you, you know, be that family or whatever. You commit to yourself. You start to really prioritize your your own needs. Yeah, yeah. And you're doing something similar as well. Exactly. It's such a great thing. It's so exciting. You commit to yourself, but to that point, like, I've also acquired this mindset that like of impermanence nothing is forever mm. and because this felt like the right decision for me now doesn't mean that this is my forever decision like i'm using this time for myself now i'm prioritizing myself because i couldn't i didn't have enough energy to give to an organization plus then enough for myself so for me this was just my boundary i need to exit right now I need to reevaluate my life. There's a lot of personal stuff I need to figure out. And I didn't have the mental capacity or the energy to juggle both. And this is what feels right now. By all means, I know how indecisive I am or I know how life can just throw curveballs at you. The day may come where I say, okay, I've had enough now of this freestyling. Of course. yeah. I'm going to go back. But I'm just now, this is is what I... But this is the phase that you need right now. This is exactly what I need right now. And it's such a beautiful thing. And I mean, I'm I'm, I'm saying that I'm I'm, I'm jealous is what I'm saying because (laughs) I would would love to be able to do that. You know what I mean? Because I think that 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 is also something that I would... A headspace that I would love to be in. You know what I mean? Stop comparing yourself to me. (laughs) (laughs) I I have this dream that... (laughs) Because the great thing about like being in at least um, a music in the music industry or the electronic industry or being a DJ is there's no there's no age cap, right? I mean, like it's not like I'm <laughs> I want to be a footballer or something. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> See, that topic, no. I just started playing football again. <laughs> and I'm now, like itching at the idea of like, okay, let me see how far I could take this because one of the big childhood dreams I gave up was playing professional. Mm. And well, shit, we'll, that, that could be ex- kind of cool. And this is the beautiful thing. Like, this is exactly one of the the projects that I'm working on right now. Is one upping my physical fitness, and two just 
getting used to playing again because I realized how much I missed it. But in in a sense, it's somewhat delusional to think like I can reignite this childhood dream of playing professional football at 32 years old. But it's exactly what I I'm going for right now. Wild. I don't even think it's that delusional here. Like the the, the football leagues it's, here. As an growing up, I mean, as an athlete. It is late. Yeah. It is late. Yeah, yeah. Sure and late. I'm saying, as and I get athlete, athlete, like from yeah. people who are 100%. from the industry. Yeah. But at the end of the day, this is what I need. I need this kind of like rebirth of myself. Yeah. I need this. this but just push in, fit. Just push in, fit will give you something. Yeah. You know, yeah. you'll yeah. still get something. And, it, from and I'm it. playing. So I just started playing with, with some boys. Um, Adrian's on me Saturday. Yes, Adrian's a man who also was trying to go pro as well. And that's the thing. I'm now find. I now find myself after leaving my job. I now find myself like surrounded by. A lot of, as you said, like going back to your record, uh, record store, record press, um, like surrounded by like-minded individuals, and that when you feed off of that energy, anything is possible. Yeah, so yeah. As Mila just said, like it, I may say it sounds delusional, it does to a lot of people, but for me, I have this delusional self-belief right now where yeah. I know yeah. and I feel that anything is possible, and maybe I'm not gonna make it, maybe, but I'm just going for it. And I, yeah, yeah, and you no, write your own no story, yeah, facts. And there's value in that. And that's what I'm saying. Like, like what you said exactly, you're up in your fitness and, and you're playing again and just pursuing that. And I spoke about this on the last podcast mm-hmm. is when you have like something in you, like a talent or a passion, you know, all the talents and passions that you have, my personal belief is that I would like before I die to have exercised all yeah. those muscles explore them at least once, once and explore yeah. them at yeah. least to an extent Leave that no I'm happy stone with. And exactly. It's so Short nice time. because it, it gives you energy. You know what I mean? Like it, like with with the photography course that I'm doing to wake up in the morning and be excited to go to like an institution it doesn't feel like place. an obligation it doesn't feel like yeah. like I get there and I'm like okay today I'm going to show these pictures and you up on the wall and you're like talking to people about photography exactly. all day long 100% like, that's how I, I was, don't want this day to that's end that's how I was yeah. in that final thing I walked into this <laughs> vinyl thing I sat down with this guy for this vinyl uh, this new uh, uh, vinyl pressing plant mm-hmm. and he goes Man, you come to me, like you just finished the music, come to me, I'll help you with everything from pressing the record, distribution, I tell you which stores, whatever. He goes, I made some mistakes too, I'll show you, I'll show you, I, let me show you a record, this is my record. He picks up a record that he has just on display, right, that are for sale. And I kind of recognize one of the covers. And he goes, this is my record label, right? And I was like, I think I have that record. I think this is like Corn Force. And he pulls over and he's like, this is a Corn Force. I was like, I do have that record. That's a record, right? And he was like, yeah. like that. And it's so crazy it's that I live in this feeling. world that like, you know, these things connect. So then like both of us are already like on a level, you know what I mean? And then we talk about that. I run into um, Annie Mello, uh, this Brazilian uh, DJ who I spoke to about the podcast, of course. And... Every time I talk to Annie, we end up just nerding out about DJing. You know, we again talk about DJing. Then they have a talk, a panel discussion about vinyl. And the whole time I'm sitting down there and I'm just like, the only reason I'm watching the time is to make sure that I'm on time for this. Mm. And not because like, well, what do I, you know, you're you know engaged. what I mean? You're Sometimes engaged, you're, you're yeah. just fully engaged from all angles. I was yeah. like, oh my God, yeah. this is amazing. And it's such a, is he, is he like-minded people too? Eh? Like to be able to connect with people over something that, lights you up inside yeah, yeah. and then like to share that with other people versus like you know it's nice to connect with people just to go to a bar and have a conversation and stuff but it's a different kind of 
I don't know. It's just it's just They're special when exactly. you can share something when that you're everybody's kind of like one yeah. of you in a way. It's just like yeah. bliss, man. It's just yeah. dirty. You're just surrounded it's by so people good. who have yeah. the same interests. And for a team sport, that's kind of the same thing with people are like yeah, exactly. And that's that's what I missed as well. Like it was so I did quite a few. I did tried quite a few things that were more like single player um, focused. And I just miss like the team dynamic. It's like, yo, nah, we going to this game together. Yeah, 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 together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, this is my new commitment um, for the past month and two, just playing and then seeing where it leads. We got competition coming up on the first of July. Adrian and I playing together on the same team. Oh so, yeah. Um, seven yeah. Seat, oh, is that five aside or? seven aside. I'm going to be goalkeeping, which for me was also like a big psychological jump. Like after my surgery for three years, so yeah. I like for me that was one reason I was kind of reluctant. But now, what surgery on where? No, because I, I had like a hand a hand surgery. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. just before the pandemic. Okay. And that's okay. kind of the reason why I even paused for so long. But now, yeah, that's like my last hurdle. Okay, I nice. I was a keeper in school. I mean, like I was, I was, I was good in football, but but tennis was my sport. It, like the coach, hundred percent was like, please come play. We need, we definitely need goalkeepers. But I couldn't commit because I already had tennis as a commitment. <laughs> but I mean, like every like lunchtime, sweating in the courtyard. Of course, like all the boys, you know, like Clarks is a big deal at school. So of mm-hmm. course, like I got my Clarks. But like men used to take off the Clarks and thing to play football now because they didn't want to mess up their Clarks. And then play barefoot. I didn't get. I, yeah, yeah exactly. They play barefoot. That's one thing That's I missed. <laughs> Alto, right? Jamal and I, when we first moved to Berlin, we played, we, we just like went, walked around our neighborhood and find this one football field where people were playing. I remember playing like newest shoes and everything. And Jamal, we had never, really, we didn't really reach here yet. It was yeah. like, I think our first week in Berlin. And we just had on slippers or sneakers and we went to the field and both of us, like instinct, because we played barefoot in Barbados. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No matter if it's because you're used to the hard ground. You're anyway. just used to hard ground. And we yeah. came here and the, the ground was so soft. <laughs> our, yeah, first reaction, yeah, yeah, yeah. our first reaction was like, yo, I would love to play here barefoot. Yeah. We did, and people were looking at us like, bro, these <laughs> people just what? jump off the island. <laughs> <laughs> the island people reach and they start to sweat barefoot. No, real talk, because you sweat barefoot at home. But here, we wear so much shoes, your foot gets soft. Yeah, no, you don't do anything barefoot here. Like, yeah, yeah 100%. Without getting too deep. Deep. Like I mean, the benefits of walking around barefoot. Yeah, I mean, it's always, a thing. Always side eye Germans walking around the street barefoot here, but but it's a thing. It is a thing. Connecting with the earth, it is a beautiful thing. And that's the first thing I do anytime I travel, and I go, I do like a lot of retreats. So I mean, we had it's our thing. we had our trip to Zach Efron did that in his shitty show. Yeah, the, no, but facts, bro. The first <laughs> thing you do is just take off your shoes, and I saw that as well, and I was like, I feel that I, it resonated so heavily. You just literally just connect with 100%. the place where you travel to, but just back to earth and these things also these small things that give us a lot of energy and just make yeah. us feel good to the core yeah but when i was sweating in school i was throwing myself all over the place i never used to take off my shoes <laughs> i used to have my shoes on and men used to watch me like damn what are you doing with your clocks so like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know i felt like i don't know the privileged kid like the clocks were a big deal and i was just like man i, I don't to- care us we in school we sweating i used the to sweat walk. Is everything me you know? after lunch i used to always walk back to my, cl- my next class barefoot and still like shirt open and still yeah, trying yeah, to like and cool drenched in sweat and the like, teacher had to tell you yo you need to go, go outside, outside and chill out well. before you come back in yo it's crazy 100 percent. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. i mean yeah Good i can't time, join yes i can't join y'all yet because of german class nah, but, soon. but come if you want they come on the first of july and send what, you what day the week is that i think it's a saturday yeah no, for the tournament, but the sweat is only Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, we play Tuesdays. We play Tuesdays. It's but I mean, for the tournament. Side, but the tournament. You gotta come and support. We got, we got sponsors and things. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll swing for sure. That'll be yeah, so it's good. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. All right, yeah. guys. Well, 
We're Jared. We just did nearly two hours. Man, this was good. After a year of the unreleased podcast, maybe next year we should do it again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Round, round three. Yeah, the next yeah. one to be in Germany. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, pressure, no pressure. I asked, I asked Shamila if we were going to do a podcast in German, and she was like, hell no. We can just use AI to transcript it. <laughs> no, 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 I'll try. I'll no, try so. no this, was, this was good, man. And, um, it's good to see you really, was, like, you really came far from the last podcast. Oh, 100%. And and again, it didn't feel like a remake. It yeah. felt like a continuation. And I think when we do sit down and do like the third one, and then we mm. kind of look back. 60 years down the line, we're still here. Yeah, literally, yeah, it's yeah. a different place. It's not just a one-time interview. It's more like collectively. It's a time capsule. Facts. Perfect. 100%. So do you, do you want to shout out anybody or, or, or make any final statements to the people listening or, or say that, yeah, you have anything to say before you close off? Something, what's up next or what's your focus? On Moving an exciting forward. project? Um, boy, too many of those right now. <laughs> that's, that's the thing, like, nah, right now for me, it's Saturday. Shout out to my boy Bernard. It's his birthday. I'm going to have dinner. <laughs> I'm here, I'm going straight there now. Already late. Um, <laughs> but nah, in terms of like project-wise, I mean, there's a lot that I'm working on. And I'm now at a phase where I'm like, I'm not talking too much about what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Working on yourself. Working on myself primarily, exactly. And that's my priority and my focus right now. And enjoying the quiet. I'm working in silence, but a lot, yeah, there's a lot happening. And I'm and excited that's to be able to show. So this, this podcast, this round two, is also like for me a next step in the direction of like beating that imposter syndrome. I haven't mm-hmm. posted on I'm very, very irregular at posting on social yeah, media because yeah. I just don't feel the need to share. Yeah, but yeah, at yeah. the end of the day, as a creator, you need to kind of share what you're doing and not worry too much about the delivery or the presentation. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, just yeah. share the process, share just a little sneak preview, share a throwback, so share something. And that's what keeps inspiring others express, as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And give and that to the world. Like, let it be out yeah. there, you know, because there is, I mean, people sometimes DM us. So, like, I'll get an email where somebody will be like this and this resonated, you know? And it's yeah. just, and it's just that one and person. If it's, if, exactly. If it's that one person that resonates, it's yeah. not always for the masses. Yeah. So I, you kind of get caught up in, it's like, how is it perceived? Like, how is what I'm doing going to be perceived by the masses? Yeah. Just, 100%. But as yeah. long as you perceive yourself in a loving yeah. way, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. And yeah. 100%. Step step. Well, thanks yeah. so much, boy. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Excited for round three. <laughs> yeah. Love.